yeah, I have my first guest on today, my longtime friend Anthony Simon, former Hyrenpool High School basketball star, and now current men's point guard for the New Pulse men's basketball team. He's been my brother since seventh grade, always been good friends, always been real with each other. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. It was very informational. We touched on a lot of topics from basketball to school to when his, when his mom was diagnosed with cancer and stuff like that. And I hope you guys really listen to the whole interview because I think it's a well-rounded interview. And yeah, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Hello, Anthony, you can hear me? Uh, yeah, what's up, DJ? What's good, bro? Chilling. So, hello, everyone. I'm your host, DJ Hamilton, and I have a special guest for everyone today. I'd like to introduce former Rampo basketball high school star and now current point guard of the SUNY New Pulse basketball team, Anthony Simon. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. As you said, at New Pulse, just studying for these midterms. Just started workouts this week. You know, just getting through it. Oh, that's good. It's good, man. I want to ask, how's the family doing? Everybody's good? Everyone's healthy? Yes, yes, sir. You know, my mom's two years out of cancer. So, you know, it's going great. That's good, man. So, yeah, let's get started, man. So the first question I want to ask you is, what are your origins? Where were you born and raised? I was actually born right here in Rockland at uh, Good Samaritan Hospital in Suffern. And then growing up, just Spring Valley, to be honest, just wherever I was, it was in Spring Valley. Um, I didn't move up until like three years ago to wow. Stony Point. And, you know, that's still Rockland. So, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm a huge Rockland guy. Yeah, I remember when you told me you moved to Stony Point, I was like, yo, come to North Rockland, man. I think you moved, what, our junior year? I was like, yo, we can make our yeah. team better, stronger. We probably take the whole chip. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I had to stay true to my guys. Yeah, I respect your loyalty, man. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean by Spring Valley. When I was young, I moved a lot, too. I lived in Spring Valley the first four or five years of my life. And then mm-hmm. throughout my childhood, I was moving to Suffering, I mean, from Spring Valley to Suffering, then to um, Tuxedo, went to Monroe, Woodbury for third and fourth grade. Then I went to Orange County, Highland Falls. And then I went to, that's where I met you, Pomona in seventh grade. And then Nyack in eighth grade. And then stayed at North Rockland Orr four years of high school. And I've been in Haverstar ever since 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next question I want to ask you is, how has Spring Valley helped cultivate or shape you into the person you are today? And how has it influenced influenced your style of playing basketball? So in terms of like, you know, shaping the person I am today, it's just the people around. It's like, I don't know how to really explain it. Like, it's like you find your group and then you find your niche and then it just, it all becomes better because you realize the people around you, you realize who really has your back. There's a lot of supportive people, you know, there's like, there's also people who, you know, doubt because of where we're from, but in the back of their minds, they're like, you know, they're really supportive because, you know, not a lot of people make it out so to speak, or become yeah. successful in Spring Valley. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people who this person would be like, oh, like, oh, he was from Spring Valley. I didn't even know because of their success level. So just a lot we don't know. 
and you said like how did it influence my style playing basketball so like um as far as that you know I was really like you know spring rally it was more so of a like you know you had to have the handle you had to be able to drive and everything like that so oh, like, yeah. I, I struggled with that because I didn't really play basketball around here like in spring rally you know growing up yeah uh, so like I was always a shooter and that's what really helped me, you know. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that man. <laughs> I remember going to Pomona in seventh grade. Sadly I moved halfway through the year because I moved from Highland Falls and so I didn't come till January twenty thirteen. I realized the style mm-hmm. of play was very different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very different because like, you know, and when you're a shooter and you, you see that a lot of other guys can't shoot or a lot of other guys aren't defending a shot, you find an advantage to that. Oh, yeah. So the next question, the third question I want to ask you is, um, when, what, when did you first pick up a basketball? I would say, it's kind of funny, like, whenever I explain this story. So I would say, like, maybe, like, four years old, like, my godbrother, I used to be at his house a lot. And then um, I would just go outside with him and his high school friends. And then I would just, you know, try to shoot around. They would let me play even. Like, they would make me feel like I was the best four-year-old in the world. But <laughs> even then, like, I didn't I didn't take it as serious. Then, like, you know, moving up, um, I played in my first league in the second grade, which was, like, it was called, like, Upward. But that was more of a – it wasn't as serious of a league with all the respect, you know? Yeah. And then my first, like, real organized uh, league was in the fifth grade, and that's when I really started taking basketball seriously. You know, yeah. like, growing up, like, I didn't even watch it like that. I just loved Kobe. That's all that I loved. That had a full yeah. uniform set of Kobe. Rest in peace to the legend, man. Forever, Mamba, man. Right. He actually passed on my birthday. So, you oh, know, yeah, I have a strong I remember, connection. I remember though. saying happy birthday to you, and I was like, man. Yeah. Like, I was like, man, I wonder how you feel, especially this person you idolized passed away on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Was it supposed to be a happy day for you? Right, my grandpa as well. So, you know, I have a strong connection on that specific day. 2020, man, hasn't been it, man. It really sure. hasn't. It really great, hasn't. Grateful to still be alive, you know? Yeah. This has, especially for our generation, this is probably the most, like, this, is, this year probably is going to wake our generation up. And we're going to tell our kids, like, we're going to tell you about the year 2020, man. Right. This is the year, man. So as we continue, the next question I want to ask you is, um, at, even though you picked up a basketball at four years old, at what age or moment did you realize that you really loved this game? Uh, it was actually, like I said, it was probably, like, it wasn't even fifth grade. Like, fifth grade, I started playing my first organized league. But it was like in sixth grade where I realized that I really, really loved this game because um, in my first game of the next season, like the very first game, it was a tournament over at uh, Felix Festa Middle School. Um, I had a I had a game winning shot in my first game and it was like, wow, like it feels amazing. Like everyone's swarming me like I'm like I'm. You know, like things you only see in the NBA, like or in college. So yeah. it just made me feel like that guy, and I'm like, wow, like this is a great feeling, you know, like this is all from a sport, <laughs> you know, this is all from a sport that I'm getting this recognition in this very moment. 
That's, that's lovely, man. That's lovely. You feel like a superstar. You feel like everybody loves you, right? Yeah, for real, for real. So now we're getting to your middle school year. So next question is, um, so eventually you end up going to middle school at Pomona, where we would eventually meet in the seventh grade. Sadly, I came halfway through the year, so I didn't get a chance to try for the basketball team. So we never got right. to play together as teammates. So, but how did those years of Pomona get you up for what was to come in high school? So, um, coming into Pomona, like, I'll start like, yeah, coming into Pomona, I wasn't really known like that. Cause, you know, when you come into middle school, it's like three different schools that we were coming from. So it was like yeah. Pacquiat uh, Elementary, uh, Limekiln Elementary, and then Hempstead. So, yeah, it was all different types of people who all thought they could just make the basketball team. And me coming, I'm just like, I just want to hoop. Like, nobody really knew who I was. Even upperclassmen, they didn't really know who I was. So, in tryouts, I was kind of at a disadvantage because I didn't have a, I didn't have somebody in Coach's ear, you know. Uh, Coach Kevin was, um, had coached my cousin, Jordan Elisi, back in middle school, but he didn't know that until after the fact because I wanted to make a name for myself. And, um, you know, the first, the tryout, like, all I did was shoot, and we did, like, this shooting competition, and, like, I made every single shot. I didn't miss it, and it was, like, if you missed, you were off. Like, you had to go up to the side, and I was the last person standing. And, wow. Yeah, so that's when I realized, like, my shooting can really get me places, and the whole mentality of creating a name for myself, it's, like, I didn't tell Coach Kev, like, that Jordan was my cousin until after the fact. So that helped prepare me for what was to come in high school because I'm just like, you can get places off of your own, you know, your own self and what you're capable yeah. of individually. Yeah, that's something, man. I know, I know a lot of, I remember coming to my morning, man, like, there was a lot of people who had cocky attitudes, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, were, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they, they weren't hiding at all, man. They were very brash about it, vibrant personalities down there. <laughs> right. It's crazy. So so you finish middle school and you end up going to Marimple High School. What were those earlier early years like when you guys were struggling to win games and people were making fun of how bad you guys were? How did that affect you mentally and how did you use that as motivation? Well, coming into to Rampo, like I don't know if you even knew, but um, I didn't play my first two years. Like I didn't try out, I didn't anything because oh, wow. yeah, because um, this might be a Haitian thing, but my mom um, she was kind of on the fence about letting me play because high school is more difficult than middle school, and she didn't really want me to play. She was scared that it would affect my grades, so I didn't actually start until uh junior year so i can answer your question from that point on um going into junior year had a complete i had like a clean slate because i knew coach goldberg you know that was our middle school teacher excuse me for help but um i I knew coach goldberg but he had left to go to uh i believe that year he went to tuckahoe to become the athletic director um and we got a new coach in steven losher and I didn't like. I remember. Ha- I remember going to a clinic in like the sixth grade, and he was the coach at the clinic, like a basketball clinic. But I never yeah. knew him personally, so I had a completely clean slate. And um, you know, 
even just starting off the year based off of, you know, Rambo's culture and identity, it was just, uh, you know, you guys aren't going to be winners, you know, you guys aren't going to do well. Um, you know, there's no fans at the games, you know, yeah. the only people who come are, you know, they just show up and they'll just show up to talk garbage about the team. So, you know, that first year especially was very, very difficult. You know, we had a we had a team that was split pretty much evenly between um, juniors and seniors, and we all had to learn how to play with each other, and just really learn how to just you know coexist with each other. And the season wasn't wasn't a success, but we can def- we definitely like us being juniors, we definitely took a lot from that in struggling to show exactly what we wanted to do the following year as being leaders because we had the keys the following year. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember, I, I'm shocked, shocked you said you didn't play first year as a high school because I remember, yeah. I thought I saw you in the freshman and sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I just trained. I just I just always worked right. out, like, as That's if good. I was on the team. Yeah. And then I remember junior year because, unfortunately, I couldn't play any sports junior year of high school because I tore my ACL. So I couldn't do right. basketball or track like I wanted to do. I remember watching your guys' team. And I remember we had a away game against you guys. And I think the crowd was booing at one point because mm-hmm. you guys were losing, like, games. Like, not even, like, competing. Like, you guys were competing, but you guys were getting, like, blown out in a lot of games that yeah. year. So I could, I could definitely see how that t- was tough mentally. Right. So, like, and next, so going on to the next question, I remember North Rock, like I, I said before, I remember North Rock in my high school played you guys every year, and I kind of found it as a shocker that you didn't play your first two years. Mm-hmm. But I saw how you developed from your years at Pomona to your senior year of high school, where you became one of the best players in the county. Your early years, you were more of a spot-up guy, but as you evolved and grew through the years, by your senior year, you were lethal off the bounce, eyewitness, shooting off screens and spotting up especially when I came to watch and supported you guys at the Westchester, Westchester County Center your senior year. Mm-hmm. What workouts did you do throughout each offseason to help expand your game throughout high school? Uh, honestly, just a lot of uh, form shooting, a lot of form shooting, you know, to start off every workout. Then I would work my way from mid-range to the three-point. I did a lot of um, drills where I would just run off of screens, you know, I would go sideline to sideline basically. There's like a, there's a certain screen called, there's a certain cut called an Iverson cut. It's when you run from um, one wing to the other wing, um, going straight across the foul line. So, you know, I would do different catches on it, uh, reverse pivot, uh, regular pivot, you know, just different situations in which I would catch the ball. And, um, you know, Coach Loster helped a lot with that because there was, uh, there's this thing called like a direct drive where it's like you rip to your right. And it's one dribble. And that was one of my signature things off of a dribble. Like if you saw me like play and I was doing off the bounce, it was most likely I was doing it to the right because that's one of my strengths. Yeah. And uh, coming off the screens, it was just, it was really about the, the focal point of getting my feet set on every single time. Yeah. Those, those iris and, at workouts and working on those pivots, I remember they used to emphasize in AAU practices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for real. For real, for real. Right. So so later on in high school, I don't know I don't know when you told me. I remember you posting on Snapchat or Instagram. I know it was a few years back. 
either around, if I remember correctly, our junior or senior year, you announced your mom had cancer. Mm-hmm. How was that tough on you personally from a mental standpoint? And how did you use that as motivation to better yourself on and off the court? Yeah, so it was my junior year. It was it was really tough, you know, because growing up, my it was just me, my mom, like up until uh, five, six years old when my brother was born. Um, mm-hmm. Then it just became me, my mom, my brother. So, you know, it was tough seeing, like, the strongest lady that I ever knew, um, that I ever known, like, still to this day, you know, just getting sicker by the day. And it just, it really, really sucked. And I just knew that I had to, you know, step up and, you know, whether it was checking my brother, you know, whether it was, you know, getting things from the store for her because uh, she was on chemotherapy. So it's, if you're on chemo, like it kills your good cells and your bad cells. So um, your immune system goes down and it's not, you can, you can get sick easily. So she mostly stayed in the house. So she pretty much missed, um, like the first maybe I want to say six games of um, my senior year, which I understood, but I would come back every single game and tell her how it went, you know, but it was definitely tough not seeing my mom who's always in the stands at the games who just, she just wasn't there. And my mom always made an emphasis on, um, you know, like kids, when they grow up, they expect to see their parents in the stands. And some parents simply don't go to games. And later on in life, they think and, and they're like, man, I wish my mom was there. So I'm just grateful that my mom went to every single game that she could. And then she was able to see us finish out the season. And it just made me uh, push even harder basketball wise. Cause I'm like, I need to prolong. I need to prolong this season as long as possible, you know. Yeah. And you don't. The cancer is really crazy. You don't know what's gonna happen, um, going yeah. forward. So I really want to make sure every time that she sees me play, that I'm giving my best effort. Yeah, man. People don't understand. Like, moms, moms, like they're the. There's only you only get one mom in your entire life. Right. There's only one woman like that. Like, you, your mom could get you mad and all, but. You, you love your mom regardless. They take care of you from the day you're born, put food on your the table for you, a roof over your head, clothes on your back, socks and shoes on your feet, you name it, man. Yeah. They show unconditional love to you no matter what. They're always there for you. Yep. Yeah, man. Moms are your number one supporters, man. Absolutely. So, so now it's your senior year. It's your last year of high school. So your senior year, after all the trials and tribulations, you end up, you guys, after having a struggling season your junior year, where you guys were not very good, you become a 2018 Section 1 All-Tournament Team pick, a Dan Dynan All-Tournament Team selection, and a 2018 Rockland All-County First Team pick. Tell me what that felt like, getting all those awards and honors after all those years of hard work you were putting in to get better. It, it really, really felt good because it's like, you know, it's not to say that if I didn't get any of those awards, it wouldn't be for no, for any reason, but it's just like, you know, like the work that I put in, it definitely paid off. And, you know, the only thing that sucks about, you know, senior year is not getting the, the championship, the bowl ball. You know, we lost yeah. in the championship to one of my now teammates, uh, Brandon Scott. He's my teammate now um, here at New Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so we talked about that. That's ironic. Right. 
So, um, so yeah, you know, it's that's the only thing that I felt like we felt short of. We fell short of, but it was really good to get the, that recognition. Yeah, man. I saw your improvement, man, from each year. And I was so happy for you because you're my brother, man. I appreciate you so much. And I was very happy to see you winning, man, getting the recognition you deserve because I know how hard you put the work into your craft every day. Likewise, and you never take any days off. Yep. Not just on the court, but also in the academic department as well. Yes, for sure, because that's very important. A lot of people don't know until they get there, but the academic aspect right. is super important. If I ask you... This question: what, what team was your? What team was he on? Your teammate that plays with you now? He was on Marinette. No, he was, was he was Marinette on Mount Vernon. Played? Mount Vernon. Yeah, oh, we played him okay. in the championship at Pace University. Yeah, I remember that game was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you not only had a great individual season that year, where you shot forty-two percent from the field, seventy percent from the free foul line, and being a true team player, but your team that senior year made a magical run to the section game at Westchester County. What was it like that year for the town and playing in that game? Well, it was really, it was really amazing. It really felt magical, like you just said, because, um, you know, starting off the year, we we had like a, a weird start. I think at one point we were actually uh, two and twelve, and then at a tournament, the Dandina tournament, like we had like a wake up call. I, if, I'm correct. Like I'm not sure if that was the exact tournament, but. We had like a wake up call where uh, our coach, uh, John Boykin, we call him K Boy, you know, he was just basically letting us know, like, you know, this is it. Like, this is really it for you guys. You, so, you guys really have some turning around to do. And then from that point on, we turned it around. I think we won like maybe uh, five straight or something like that. You know, it was really a huge turnaround and it was really amazing. And, you know, more fans started coming to, coming to the games. But, you know, through it all, you know, um, all of my teammates, you know, uh, Brian, uh, Elijah, Nixon, you know, most of the seniors, Marco, Edger, David, we were able to see and identify, like, who was there the entire time from, from even when we were doing bad and who just showed up um, after we started being successful. And it was like, we appreciate all of the love, but it's just, it's just great to see like who stuck with us through it all. And then um, progressing through the playoffs, you know, um, uh, the first, the first, I'll go, I'll go playoff game by playoff game, if you don't mind. So that's fine with me. So our first out bracket game, you know, it was like a play-in game versus uh, Ketchum. It was an hour drive. You know, we had never been there before. Uh, my first playoff game. Um, but Brian Brian had actually been playing varsity since sophomore year. So he had uh, playoff experience. He actually had five years of um, high school basketball experience in general. So, um, wow. yeah. So we call, him, we call him the vet, the old head, you know. But, um, yeah. So he was calm. I was a little nervous. So I had I had actually had a bad game, a really bad game that game. I think I only had like maybe even one or two points, but it came to be very important because uh, I remember I had gotten the ball. There was like one second left. I was on the opposite foul line. I think we were down. We were down one, and then I just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot it. 
because we were down one. The fate of the season's in our hands. So I said, I'm going to shoot it. I drew a foul from, from like half court, you know, three free throws. First free throw, I think it was off back rim. Second free throw, might have rimmed in and out. But the point is, the first two free throws wow. missed, and we're down one with 0.5 seconds left. So it's like, That's it's crazy. like, Aunt, you better make this next free throw, or else, or else <laughs> you might be walking home all the way from Ketchum or whatever town we were, all the way back to Spring Valley. After, after driving an hour, what, and a half? Yeah, second? like an hour or so. And then that la- the last That's- free throw, it hit off back rim, went into the air so high, and then it just fell in. And then I just oh god, was oh my you. goodness! <laughs> I dropped my head back, and I was just like, oh my goodness! Like, yo, thank God that that fell, or else I I would have that I would have went out sad senior year. Then um, what, you were asked questions. Oh, I said I said, uh, what was it like that for, that year for the town and playing in that game? Yeah, so like, and uh, it it was it was crazy, like. I remember seeing on Snap because, you know, it was far, so people couldn't make it like that, couldn't make that game specifically. So um, it was it was a good thing because we had gotten a playoff win. And, you know, we hadn't gotten a playoff game in like a few years. And then um, the game after that, um, we you know, we're the 18th seed. We're playing against Clark down south. I think they my, – my heart still tells me that they put that game at 10 o'clock a.m. on purpose you know, just to get out the way because they thought we were going to lose. So, um, you know, we we end up turning up our defensive intensity, like, so much. Um, I had a better game that game. Um, Elijah had a really big game. Brian definitely contributed. And um, we ended up winning that game. And then the following game, so the follow, that was starts down south. Next, we had a Clarkstown North. But in between those two games, I had a terrible week of practice. Um, I couldn't hit a shot. Um, I It was all mental. Like, it was like a – it was really like a mental slump. Like, I couldn't hit a shot. Um, I couldn't get any plays right. You know, I was freezing. Like, just nothing was going right, you know. And then um, my, my assistant coach, Verguez, uh, Mike Verguez, he just had me in the shoot on the shooting gun like every morning, like at 6 a.m. before practice, just getting shots up because he knew that I needed to shoot my way out of it. Um, then the day of the game comes, and we're we're meeting at Ramapo to load the bus, and and we're going to walk through, and uh, K Boy, Coach K Boy is like, he says, Aunt, like at, at the end, he's like, Aunt, I already know today's gonna be a huge game for you. It's really going to be a huge game for you. Turns out, we looked at that game. Um, I have a career high of 32 points. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I went wow. like, I went four for five from three. I definitely remember that. Um, I had a free throw to put us up three. And yeah, it was, and we ended up winning that game by three or four. And it was just, it was just so surreal. And I didn't, I didn't sit that game either. I played the whole game and I, I wasn't even tired, but it was just the emotion after that was like, wow, like we're really going to the county center. Like 
Like that was that was a lot of fans were at the game. Like we had like a fan bus and everything, and that's just unheard of for Ramapo High School to even have that kind of stuff. You know, last year I was I was watching um the county center. I was watching the semifinals on on my phone. You know, on the road with my mom, and I'm just like, wow, it would be cool if we could get there, but it didn't even seem realistic. It didn't seem realistic at all, and that was a huge game. And then. You know, the next game was the county center. Playing the Marinette. Yeah. Uh, they're the third seed. We're the 18th seed. Uh, I hit that um, that shot, you know, to send us into overtime. You know, oh. I know you were in. I know you were in attendance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that shot was insane. Yeah, that that <laughs> real, that was a notorious shot for me for school history. You know, it, it was a huge shot. It was a really huge shot that sent us into overtime. You know, we did what we had to do in overtime. And then it was just after that game, like, just on the court, it just felt like – it just felt amazing because that was like the whole community was there, you know. Like, they just all came together, all of Spring Valley. Even Spring Valley High School are rivals, so to speak. But we're not really rivals, you know. We're rivals, but it's like we're all one community. So um, everybody was there, and it was just it was just so amazing because everyone supported what we were doing because we came in as underdogs, you know, yeah. and that was great. That was like a miracle for the town. And then you know, following the next game, we played uh, Mount Vernon at Pace. You know, we unfortunately didn't win that game, but. Um, even at the end of the game, like our fans behind the bench, you know, the most fans I've most Rampo fans I've ever seen at any event, you know, they, they clapped for us after because we won an amazing run. Yeah. I, I remember that, man. You guys, that magical run, man. You guys really put on for the, the not just for your, your school, for the county. You guys were representing, right. man. Bring some positive energy to the county. That's yes, why I was sir. loving it. So, you graduate now from Ramapo, and you go to Dominican College, where you only played uh, 11 games and were struggling to get playing time. How did you use that situation to motivate you, and what did it teach you? Um, it taught me to just – it really taught me to just be patient, you know, because coming into Dominican, I knew that it was a Division Two program that I had just lost in the conference uh, finals. Like, they just lost their conference championship the previous year. They had a lot of returners, you know. I knew it was going to be difficult to get playing time, but even then I would tell my mom, like, you know, if I'm not going to get playing time, I need to go out battling. Like, I really need to go out battling because here they are giving, you know, a kid from, from Rampo High School Division Two opportunity. So I, I can't yeah. pass that up. And it, it just really taught me to just keep going, you know, just really keep going. Even when all odds are stacked against you, you really have to bet on yourself because there's not a lot of people who will, who will support you. But I will say I had a lot of supporters, like a lot of people supported me. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then so you spent two years at D.C. and you end up transferring to New Paltz. After two years, and you were ruled ineligible, I believe you said to play your sophomore year at DC. If I'm correct, yeah, correct. it wasn't like I was ruled ineligible. I just decided to uh, sit the year, and then um, decide to get like take the year to get better. Because one thing, 
that you know a lot of a lot of young players should definitely take into account you know don't always blame the coach because at the end of the day the coach is going to play who they feel like is going to give them the best opportunity to win the best chance to win so for for yeah. Ad Dominican I wasn't that guy and you know I respected it but I just felt like I needed to get out of that situation and put myself in a to mentally be in a better place because you know I love basketball and say even if after um, college I don't play because you know there's a very small percentage of players who get to play in college so I'm grateful for that so even after if after college I don't play I just want to make sure that the remainder of my college career like I'm playing somewhere where you know I have a real shot of getting some playing time you know that I could really do something good for myself yeah, yeah, man. I remember when you announced that you weren't playing your sophomore year. I was asking, like, why? What happened, bro? I was mm-hmm. kind of worried. I was like, what's going on? So, what went into your thought process when you were transferring, and how was that process like for you personally? Um, so I went through a redshirt year last year, and I was commuting to Dominican. So I just thought about like the fact that. I was working, you know, I was commuting. It was just a lot of time, you know, I just needed to make sure that um, I, you know, practices weren't really going well for me um, because, you know, they had to get the, the roster players ready, you know. I just felt like um, I needed to just, you know, I, I would, at that point, that's when I withdrew from the program. I, you know, I, I spoke to Coach Clinton, who I, I've known for a while, and um, I told him, like, you know, like, I, I would like uh, a release from the program, you know, I'd like to be able to, t- to talk to other schools to prepare early for next season. And this was in, I want to say, November, you know, pre-COVID, you know. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, um, you know, Word. I just got my name out to a whole bunch of schools um you know the coaches at dominican were working to get me to another school as well um and then it came down to really Ramco college and uh new Paltz. and new Paltz mm-hmm. actually um i was actually in contact with them my senior year but um, they're actually really, really, they're a really tough school to get into academically. So I didn't have those grades then. But as I spoke to uh, Coach Bell, who's an assistant at New Paltz, he was basically like, well, your grades are good now. You know, we'd like to offer you an official roster spot. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So I just felt like after my visit, I visited uh, – Maybe two days before my birthday, I came to the game against uh, Buffalo State. They won that game. And it was just, I just really liked the school. You know, everyone is really friendly. You know, it was just, it was just a really good experience. Like the fans were loud. It was just great. Yeah, man. You heard that, everybody? If, you, if you're looking for a school transfer to New Paltz, yes. it's a great school. Not the academically, especially. There's a lot of a lot of great opportunities at New Paltz. I remember visiting before uh, pr- uh before the COVID shutdown. I literally like I visited March 11th mm-hmm. or 13th, and I visited the campus. They showed us around. And I was like, "Wow, this this campus is beautiful, right. man!" And I was so hyped to dorm for this semester, and then yeah. COVID hit. 
Like, and now I'm really debating whether I should dorm for spring because if I don't have an in-person class, I'm gonna be like, it's a waste yeah, of dorm. Yeah. But I want to get the I want to get that experience of dorming, but it's not it's not gonna be the right, same. You just gotta make that executive decision for yourself, man. Yeah, man. So you're now the point guard for the New Falls ba- basketball team. How have they welcomed you with open arms, and how are you preparing for the upcoming season? Because I see on your recent um IG story you posted yesterday, you guys have your first game February 1st at Cortland. Then you play Plattsburgh on February 3rd, Oneonta on the 6th, Potsdam on the 8th, Oneonta again on the 13th, Plattsburgh the 15th, Potsdam again at 17th, and then Cortland on the 20th. How are you preparing for the season? Uh, well, first, yeah, they've really welcomed me with open arms. You know, they've always, like, I speak to Coach Kenny maybe two to three times a week, always checking on me, seeing how I'm getting acclimated into the school. My teammates have been really supportive getting me acclimated into the school. They're really supportive. Um, as you said, like, we, we had our first uh, team workout yesterday, and it went, it went well. And yesterday we got the schedule, so we're really just – we're really just getting things together. We have a really good group of guys, a really good group of guys who want to work and get better. You know, last year, uh, the team didn't do as well as they wanted to, but uh, there's way more faith coming this year, even with this shortened season. Because usually we have like, uh, I'd say maybe 25 games, but due to the pandemic, we're having a shortened season uh, with a different playoff outlook as well. So just moving forward, just we're just going to see how we're going to move with that. But we're just we're really looking forward to this. We're really looking at it like, hey, we have eight, we have eight regular season games to play. Let's just give it our all every single game and then see how we go from there. Yeah. Well, so is there going to be a playoffs after those yeah. eight games? Or? So uh, what I from what I've heard, uh, it's like the top four teams. Uh, overall because they're splitting into an eastern western division so this is one side of the SUNYAT conference like our side you know New Paltz, Portland, Plattsburgh, Oneonta, Potsdam that's one side and then the other side consists of um, you know Brockport, Oswego, Fredonia, Geneseo and uh, I think one more school you know I'm new to the conference so I don't really know all the schools like that but um but yeah, yeah, like that's how they're doing. I think they're doing the best, the top four records overall. But don't call me on that. I'm, I'm really not sure. <laughs> yeah. So you, so if I'm correct, you guys are in the Eastern Division, um, right? Is that what we're in? I'm not sure. Yeah, because oh. we just found out <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so how confident are you in? Your team this season? How you how you think you guys are looking? Um, I'm really confident. We have a lot of shooters. We're bringing in a lot of shooters. The coaches did say throughout the recruiting process to each of the recruits that um, you know, we're really gonna need shooters throughout the on this program. We have uh, freshman Lucas Seum. We have uh, Sean Saint Lucia, who's a, a guard. Um, and then we have Dakota Smith who's also a, a guard, you know, they can all shoot the ball. They're all very dedicated, very committed. I've gotten some work in with them, you know, throughout the semester. I told them, you know, like, this is your time. Like, this is your, your freshman. You get a fresh start. 
you know, if you need anything, ask questions. But I tell them, I said, you guys are going to be good. Like, you guys individually as players, you guys are going to be good. And then we have a good uh, returning cast. We have a, pretty much a young team, I'd like to say, because we have uh, one senior in Jake Passaretti. You know, he's, he's our leader. And then we have uh, Junior, Isaiah, and then we have Brandon. We have a couple of other guys. So we're, we're relatively a young team compared to some other schools. But I'm really liking our chances this year because of our, the mental aspect of it. Yeah, the mama mentality. Have that mama sure, mentality, absolutely. man. All out. Um, what was I going to say next? Oh, yes. Uh, what are your goals as a team and individually this season? Um, let's see. As a team, I know we definitely want to win the conference. We definitely want to win the conference mm-hmm. this year. Sure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big goal to set coming from um, where we came from last year, but we have confidence in each other and we trust each other. We've really bonded, um, you know, out, even outside of basketball, we really bonded um, together and we're really establishing the chemistry and relationships. Um, for myself, I just want, my one of my goals is to just contribute in any way that I can because um I always say to even my coaches, I'm not coming in looking for looking to play 40 minutes a game. You know, I'm just looking to contribute in every way in any way that I can, and just doing what's needed of me, doing what's asked of me, and being a leader most importantly, because um, you know, college basketball is really a different beast from high school, and that's what I tell um my yeah. freshman Lucas Sean Dakota that. You know, this is going to be real yes, different. And they have the potential to be really good. Players yep. are stronger. Absolutely. Bigger, faster, more skilled, exactly. smarter, so everything. Different. Better trained, yep. everything. More experienced. High school, like, yeah, once you're a senior, you're the oldest. You're, you're, you're supposed right. to be dogging because when you're a junior or senior, you're supposed to be dogging because you're up in class and you're playing against – Sometimes there's sometimes there's not it's not very often, but if there's a freshman or a sophomore in varsity, you're supposed yep. to be dogging them. But most of the time you're playing juniors and seniors, so the 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 playing field is usually even and leveled. But overall in college, the players are just bigger, faster, stronger, and more skilled and better yep. overall. Yeah. So now we're in the portion of the show we're gonna get into some quick hitters i'm gonna throw some questions at you boy <laughs> all right let's see <laughs> so the first quick hitter question i want to ask you is um in high school you wore the number three why did you wear the number uh three? chris paul he's my favorite player yes wow, sir yeah like... <laughs> damn <laughs> he, he didn't mention Allen iverson yeah. he didn't mention Dwayne wade this was some legendary yes, people sir. i love chris paul's iq so yeah, man. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's one of the greatest yep, players of all time, God. man. And um, what's it called? How, do you think the disrespect that Chris Paul gets is um, like um, justified, or you think? Uh, yeah, I don't. Cool? I don't think it's warranted at all because it's like you know, look at look at what CP3 did with his team this year. You know, they had a what a point zero two percent chance to make the playoffs. And here they were, they were a fifth seed. They really did what they had to do. And they're really a group of young guys. 
So that's all due to CP3's leadership, you know, taking Shea under his wing, you know. Like, look, he's really going to create a beast out of Shea, whether whether CP3 even on the Yo. team next year is if you take so much knowledge from someone like him. Yeah. Yo, Shea Gilch is oh, the yeah. joke. You guy, know, man. you're a <laughs> Yeah, that guy's always posted some drip on Instagram, man. The next next quick header question I want to get into is um who's your GOAT and why? Uh, <laughs> it's tough, right? <laughs> so well, many you know, players. much respect to MJ, you know. Uh LeBron James is my greatest player of all time. Just because I feel like he's just and there's again no disrespect to MJ. Like a lot of people will say that um MJ isn't the GOAT because he played against weak competition. MJ was just better than everybody that he played. He's just he's just exactly yeah, he was just ahead of his time. Man. He, was time. Just, he was just the, he was the future of basketball playing in, in the exactly. 80s, 90s. So yeah, my, my goat is Bron just because I feel like he just he just does more. Um like statistic wise, he just leads in more categories. He's just really a force to be reckoned with. He just it's just hard to stop somebody like Bron. And it's it's like you look at yeah, his man. finals record and it's like a really it really it isn't it isn't a winning percentage, so to speak. But when you look at him as a yeah. player and what he's able to do with whatever team he's with, it's like this is somebody that we're never ever gonna see again. We we will never see a talent like LeBron yeah. again. Just like we'll never see a talent like MJ again. But Bron by Yep, or Kobe. or Kobe. We just really gotta take um we really can't take LeBron for granted. Or Shaq yep. or Kareem, like we you gotta you gotta respect greatness when you exactly. see it and appreciate so many it, man, to the fullest. Yeah, man. Um, LeBron, he's led some trash teams to the finals. The 07 Cavs <laughs> had no business making the finals, bro. When I look at that roster, yeah, I'm like, bro. bro, how did how did he bring that team? I don't see any other all time great bringing a team like that to the finals. Like, no disrespect, but mm-hmm. like for real, for real. And and then yes, people mentioned 27. 2011 yeah, Mavericks. Definitely okay, I get that. But then he came back, won back-to-back chips. 2015, Kyrie and Kevin Love mm-hmm. got hurt. 2016, he beat the record-setting Golden State Warriors team mm-hmm. down 3-1 and led them to the championship. And with the game, people like to say Kyrie Irving saved them with the shot. Bruh, before exactly. that, he had the block to give them momentum going into the shot. They work together. People don't look at exactly. details like that. And in 2017, 2018, like, bro, they had KD, yeah. the two greatest Nobody shooters, arguably, of all team. time, and a defensive player of the year, and Draymond Green. And then you had Iggy also, who was also a dynamite, great player, who was a winning player, and he'll probably get into the Hall of Fame because he helped teams win championships, and he's been an all-star in the league and one of the great defenders in the league. He, he doesn't get his due, I feel like. And they had a great bench, deep bench during those years. Like, that team, you had, he has no business being those two teams because right. he had no chance. Especially in 2018 when he didn't even have Kyrie Irving because he left Boston, for yeah. to Boston. Yeah, he had no. And then when he dropped that 50 piece in 2018, Smith ruined the damn game for everyone. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Yo, that, that that was a meme for on Instagram for months. <laughs> Yo, that was so funny, man. And then now he has a chance to improve his finals record if they win this game on Friday. So his fourth championship and the first player ever to win three championships on three different franchises as the best player. Yep. 
So he's just making Looking more and more history, it. man. So one, one, another quick hitter. Name your current starting five and all-time starting five. And so one. name current and then? Yeah, yeah, current and okay, then all-time. Okay, so let's see. As a point guard, I feel like the best point guard in the league is, is Steph. Uh, best two guard in the league. Who do we got? We got. Let's go back. Yeah, it's Harden is Day Booker. It's probably it's probably gonna be Harden. The three, you yeah. know, the three position is the most difficult one because you can you can go KD, Bro. who's like one of the best scorers of all time. You can go Giannis. You can, you can go, go Giannis. Bron, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi. Like, you know. But um, but on my Same. team, I think I'd rather have KD as the three. You rather? Yeah, oh, I you think have KD, so. right? As the yeah. yeah, KD, KD man, he's a unicorn yeah. we've never seen, bro. As uh, as the Unicorn. four, uh, we could go, we could go Giannis. We could go Giannis. Yeah, respect that. I would. I'll yeah, I, I was gonna throw. I was gonna throw AD at the five. You know. He doesn't. He doesn't like playing the five. Okay, yeah, it, yeah. It's positionless nowadays. It, like a lot of positionless mm-hmm. basketball, man. And then uh, all time, all time might be kind of difficult for me to be honest. Because, like I said, I didn't really get into watching basketball until like the the fifth, sixth grade. So, like recalling those is kind of difficult to me. So, I'm just gonna throw out a few names, like you know great point guards you know magic for sure uh stockton was a great yeah. point guard he's you can never forget about Stockton. Yeah. he played till like he gets a lot he gets a lot of mm-hmm. he played till like 42 days. years old too or 45 or something like that yeah. um yeah like 19 years. uh you know the two you can go kobe or mj yeah, you or can go D Wade too, because you can't forget about what he did. He he led a he led a he was twenty two years old, led that Heat team to the finals. Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, he won. <laughs> he won the chip, you know. Yeah, bro, he was Jordan esque in that finals. Like I even see comments on YouTube. Like some people say, like that D Wade could have been if he stayed healthy, the greatest mm-hmm. player of all time. He was so phenomenal. Yeah. And then my my greatest small forward of all time, Bron. Um. Yeah, that twenty that 2016 finals win that forever put him yeah. over Bobby Bird for me. That's um, at the four. Let's see who do we got. Kareem played center. Shaq played center. There's 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 there's, there's Tim, Duncan, Tim Duncan. Duncan. Here's the thing. I I don't I don't really know, but like I like Tim Duncan, but like. I, I don't know. Like, he's <laughs> never really swayed me like that. So you can go Malone or Tim Duncan. Bro, you're not you're going to dispute a two-time MVP, three-time finals MVP, and five-time like, champion. How many all-NBA, like all-defense? He won the championship in his second season. Like I said, that's full that disclosure. I, I, I my, my NBA history is a little <laughs> off, but I'm giving you what I got. Yeah, but I, I know. Didn't. <laughs> Bro, he never missed the playoffs in his so, yeah, entire. Yeah, we can go, Tim. You got the facts. And he, bro, he played nineteen years. Not one time he missed the yeah. playoffs. You know how hard that is to do in NBA. I get, I get it. He had Pop and Tony Parker and Javon Ginobili, but he was still the best player, pretty much 
till Kawhi right. was in his prime on so, that yeah, team. Tim, Timmy D. And then uh, Crazy, first, the five is yeah, hard. there's so there's many, so there's many great centers. Kareem, Historically, Shaq, what? There's Wilt, you know, right. like so Histori- many guys. Yeah. Historically, the center position might be the most yeah. lonely historically. Like, you can go Hakeem, Shaq, Kareem, Bill Russell, Will, yeah, Will has oh so many God. records, and him, him and Shaq were so dominant. Bill Russell has five MVPs with 11 chips and was mm-hmm. the best player on all of them. He, he's the definition of winning in a dictionary, yeah. like, no cap. And then uh, Kareem has a mixture of what Russell was, winning six championships and the accolades like, well, six MVPs, two-time finals MVP, 19-time All-Star, but also was a great defender. He made 11 with all defensive teams. Like, Kareem doesn't yeah. get his due enough for me. Like, when they talk about the GOAT, they only talk about Braun and MJ. They didn't even yeah, put Kareem more often in that there. conversation. He was a beast in college. He won in college, won in high school. Like, overall basketball career, he probably has the greatest overall basketball mm-hmm. career of anybody ever. And then uh, Hakeem, bro, like yep. the post moves, the the footwork, the dream yep, shake. Like, come on, man. Bro, like he, like he, I know it was a young Shaq, but he still shut down Shaq and is probably the top physical condition Shaq, Orlando Shaq. He shut him down in the finals. And uh, well, I feel like this center doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. alone, man. Like they never talk about him. He's a champion. He's a three-time MVP. He made multiple finals appearances and was a great two-way player and arguably the greatest rebounder. Yeah, I, I guess the recording, <laughs> it yeah, got to a certain happened, point. It was, it was like almost near an hour, so I guess it said, all right, hour, that's done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, most of them alone, he doesn't get his credit, man. Three-time MVP. He played two decades in the league, and he was a force throughout his whole career, one of the greatest rebounders, and he's by far the greatest offensive rebounder of all time. And people... Offensive rebounding is harder than defensive rebounding. Anyone yes. who plays basketball should, should legit know that. Like, who really plays basketball should legit know that. And he was the best ever at that over guys like Shaq, Wilt. Like, like, he doesn't get his credit enough for me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get enough credit, man. He, to me, he's the sixth greatest center of all time. Like, I feel like the top four, the f- like five, is like pretty much locked. I think it's no order. Like, Shaq, Bill Russell, Wilt, Kareem, Hakeem. Those are like the um, top four, top five, and most of them to me is probably like right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And then, so who was your center you chose? You chose for your starting five. Uh, I said either uh, Kareem or Shaq. Kareem or Shaq. Okay. And then um, the last question I want to ask you is, um, what do you want your legacy to be when people think of the name Anthony Simon at the end of the day? What do you want people to remember about you? Uh, basketball wise, or just uh, as a person. Uh, both. Uh, basketball-wise, just somebody who always worked hard, who always led by example, who always looked out for his teammates. You know, skill-wise, definitely my shooting ability because that's just something that I take pride in. You know, I, I joke with my coach because he's the leader for he, – he actually went to New Paltz and played here. And he's the leader for three pointers made in the game at like wow. eight or nine. Yep. Yeah. So I, I joke with him and I'm like, I'm coming for your record. So, <laughs> so that would that would solidify me in the record books for that. But um as a person, uh when people think of Anthony Simon, I just want them to think of somebody who was just 
somebody who just looks out for people, somebody who just tries to get himself better every day. Because um, even in the back of my phone, I may still have it in the back of this phone, but in the back of my old phone, I had um, do something to get yourself better every single day. Because if you don't make an improvement every single day, it's like, what are you doing? You're not really making forward progress. You're just staying constant. You're not changing. Um, and people, even now, like, they know me as someone who just loves to help people. And that leads me into, um, you know, my career choice, like, what I prefer. I want to be a, um, a lawyer, actually. Yeah, but, I, I mentioned I want you to be my lawyer, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> like if we but, both reach our dreams. Right. And the thing is, with my profession, though, I didn't want to go into, like, the criminal field. I wanted to go more into, um, like, civil rights. So more more so things like, say there's discrimination, somebody gets fired um, from work and it was uh, discriminatory, or, um, you know, just equal rights, things like that, marriage, family, unemployment law, uh, lawsuits, you know. Just things like that, because I don't ever want somebody to feel like they they didn't get the help that they needed or help wasn't made available to them when they can't represent themselves, you know? Yeah, I feel you, man. That's great, man. That's that's amazing. Well, I'd like to thank you for being generous and taking time out of your, I know, very busy schedule at school. And um, basketball and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I would like to take you, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come on the show. And let me have this interview with you, man. Ain't no problem, man. Always a pleasure. You know, you're, you're a great guy. Wouldn't say no to you. you. You really look out. You're always supportive. You know, I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, man. And I wish you the best of luck in your season in school and I'm you know I'm always a text or call away bro talk to me whenever I'm always here brother you're my brother for life since we met in seventh grade and I only thing I regret is I wish we could have played on the same basketball team in high school man yeah, <laughs> or middle bro. school I, I I get mad sometimes like I got I used to get mad when I was when I first went to Mona and uh-huh. I moved halfway through the year in January I was like damn man I might have moved so late I didn't I didn't get a chance to child for the team. Exactly. I would have gotten top shape, worked on my skills, sharpened my skills, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. man. But yeah, man, I would like to thank you so much. I appreciate your generosity and your unselfishness to come on the show. And best of luck in your season, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Anytime. No problem. Thank you, man. Yes, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, that's Anthony Simon. And this has been the DJ Hamilton interview with the great Anthony Simon. Thank you, guys.